Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hey, good afternoon to you. Good evening. If you're a little bit delayed listening to the podcast, it is the 14th of October. This is the COB. We are happy to be with you. We being myself, Nadine Blaney, and uh, Scuddy's here as well. Scuddy, that good old market of ours just snapped an eight-day winning streak. Yes, all good things must come to an end. So uh, a healthy consolidation, I think we'll find that uh, after seven days straight, uh, no healthy market goes up continuously. So uh, I don't mind seeing a pause, but uh, we'll find out what happens tomorrow. But uh, the, unlike uh, yesterday, the banks, bit of a drag, material sector also not chiming again, giving concerns what's going on, particularly with the other uh, coal uh, imports into China. But uh, good old CSL did its bit to go and try and help uh, steady the ship, so not all is lost. Yeah, CSL updating the market, saying that uh, it's tightened its guidance. Also, uh, looking to offset some of the slowdown in volumes when it comes to U.S. blood plasma collection, of course, because of coronavirus, keeping people at home. And that's uh, a big source of blood, if I can put it um, bluntly, uh, for CSL. Supply. Supply. Okay, so uh, one of the best performers today was EML Payments, up by close to 11% on the back of an investor um, presentation. Clearly, investors liking what they heard. Uh, look, EML is not buy now, pay later, but it gives me a little bit of a segue to the buy now, pay later space, which was in focus. Zip's quarterly reports, look, it was a strong one. Lots of focus on the US numbers and uh, strength coming through that quad pay acquisition really looking to be paying off. Yes, uh, some pretty uh, stellar revenue and uh, transactional volume and customer and uh, merchant growth in that uh, quad pay component. But I was far more interested in what the small little ANZ market is, obviously an older market when it comes to that particular company. And revenues up 3% from the previous quarter. That was despite you know, far larger increases in active customers and merchants. So interesting. Uh, one quarter does not make a trend. No. But it does give you a bit of insight that there's this endless growth uh, to the moon uh, cannot be guaranteed. And uh, there could be a saturation point and if it is the case in here in Australia, that's what we're kind of getting towards that saturation point with the competition out there, then that will obviously have ramifications of valuations. Well, Peter Gray, so co-founder and COO of Zip, who we spoke with today, uh, denied that. He said that the account-based concept is that revenue lags transaction volume, which will grow, and so it'll continue to grow as volume increases. And not only that, but he's really looked forward to looking forward, I should say, to you know the likes of Black Friday, Christmas, and he expects the ANZ numbers to be matched at least this year. So um, interesting though that Zipco's share price did come under pressure throughout the session today. And if you'd like to hear that interview yourself, you can access it via the show notes. Afterpay also hit yet another all-time high. And that was, well, it was cleared by Austrack. Um, you know, Austrack saying that it was in the clear when it comes to any of the anti-money laundering or some of those financial transaction questions that were raised. So that's a tick. RBC Capital Markets upgrading Afterpay to an outperform. I think it's got 
dollar price target on the company? I'm a natural contrarian. And when I saw RBC say that uh, we've been too conservative in the past with our estimates, I thought of potentially that it could be a uh, ding a ling a ling Maybe. No, we, 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 we will see, like, uh, no, when you see, like, no, uh, more bearish, maybe, I think maybe it would have to be UBS when it comes to Afterpay, because UBS is definitely uh, the most bearish out there. Yeah. But uh, I think that when it comes to, you know, if UBS turns and says all of a sudden, no, oh, it's got a $120 uh, price, uh, price target, maybe that will be the ring. Yeah. <laughs> but it was really I was interesting. Say, we've yeah. had false dawns when it's come to ringing moments in terms of Afterpay, so you can't dispute what it's done so far. No, look, it's, uh, it's had a, a mammoth ride higher. There's a lot of uh, no, uh, hopes and a lot of, uh, no, I would say, a bit of speculative activity that's going on, uh, which is helping to contribute to the, uh, the, the stellar gains we're seeing. So the bar is set very high, and as we saw with Zip today, uh, sometimes that bar can be set just a little bit too high. Flight Center was one of the worst performers. It was hammered after it had a downgrade coming from Credit Suisse. Credit Suisse, unfortunately, really, for anyone who's privileged enough to travel overseas, says that we won't be doing so until at least mid-next year. Uh, so the share price of Flight Center did um, suffer, and it was actually, I think, the worst performer in the session today on the 200. Um, doesn't sort of see it running into fatal problems going forward, but still, um, you know, worth my mentioning when we do see such a share price movement off the back of a broker move. So we'll be watching those opening trades, um, recovery trades, with much interest as we hopefully move closer to some sort of travel bubble in parts of the world. Qantas was named by Angus Geddes from Fat Profit as his key pick for the recovery phase. Um, you can probably access that interview via the, the website or via the app as well. Yeah, interesting one. It's a really binary outcome when it comes to travel at the moment. And uh, no disrespect to, uh, to our friends at uh, Credit Suisse, and uh, obviously you know, I've done the, uh, their numbers, but I think you cannot rule out as well what's potentially happening in New South Wales at the moment with the numbers here. Now, we had a very good run where there was zero uh, community cases that were being picked up, but that's obviously changed, and we had quite a large number today, or uh, traced back to a, an original source. But uh, as we've seen multiple times over this year, that when a state starts having an increase in, uh, in cases, even if like as a percentage of the entire populace, it's a tiny fraction, uh, state borders tend to be put up pretty quickly. So if, uh, if we go back to like not being able to travel domestically, uh, as really we're doing at the moment, then obviously that will be harmful to, uh, to all kinds of uh, tourism operators, including airlines. Yeah, okay, we're watching that space and uh, you know, hoping we can all go someplace sometime soon other than you know beautiful Radelaide. I know that that's a, that's a big plus. Um, the banks came under pressure today. I think you referenced that earlier. Not so for the Bank of Queensland. It had a good day even after slashing its full year dividend by 82% to just 12 cents per share. That's the lowest payout in a century. Boy, that headline kind of wrote itself. Full year cash earnings crashed 30% to $225 million, $175 million impairment charge, including a $133 million COVID-related provision. So we thought it would be a good time to ask our expert guests on the call what they think of Bank of Queensland in particular. And uh, starting out these thoughts is Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities. Ultimately, not a fan of Bank of Queensland. I'm not a fan of the banking sector in general, but mm -hmm. uh, you know, these, um, these sort of second tier banks have really struggled over the last five years. I mean, this thing used to trade at $14, mm. now it's down in the sixes. So it doesn't matter what your dividend is, you're still behind um, if you bought it back there. And I don't really see it 
making a lot of headway from here. I think there's still some headwinds in terms of uh, in terms of the economy. Yes, the economy will recover, but you know, I just wonder if the banks, given a 12 to 24 month view, will actually outperform a lot of other good stocks out mm. there. So ultimately, what I'm trying to say is, short term looks like it will recover. Longer term, I don't think you need to be there. You know, where where's the best place to allocate your capital? Mm. I just think there's still a lot of companies that are at depressed levels that could see some further upside in the share prices. Um, and I think you'll just do better off in, in these other companies than in the banks. Bank of Queensland, everything that Michael said, uh, the NIMS actually improving, which for banks is amazing, uh, and even paying a dividend. Uh, bottom line, I'm with Michael. I could certainly think that's probably not a place where I want to be at the moment. So that was Andrew Veitland from DP Wealth Advisory finishing the thoughts there. I think that is a no for Bank of Queensland. Won't be going in the fund. Hypothetical short, no. But um, yeah, interesting one. We talked they, about. They, they didn't seem too keen on the banks, just in just general. In general. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not the only ones. Um, interesting, like the, the Bank of Queensland. We talked about the zip having a very high bar. I think you talked about the pop in the Bank of yeah. Queensland share price. I think the, the bar was so low, it was pressing. You had to excavate to go and get to it. Uh, so anything today was uh, was probably going to go and help out. So not a bad result there, but obviously it's been a terrible year for Speaking of bars, sorry to interrupt, sorry. Speaking of bars, though. Are we um, going to one? Yeah, no, we've got one. Uh, promo for the last call, Fridays at 4 p.m. No, um, look, I don't always sort of incorporate your view into the podcast because you know still think people could enjoy a read of the newsletter as well but you think the bar is being set low when it comes to financial journalism these days scotty you gotta be in your bonnet uh well bit of column a and bit of column b when it comes to revenues and the ability to gain cover topics but uh this is a really last minute decision when i wrote this this morning it's just there is some pretty heavy hitting uh, economic data out last night there's so much going on in the, uh, in the global economy, so many nuances that people need to understand. And uh, all I see at the moment, and I'm talking about you know, worldwide, you know, well-recognized publications, I'm not gonna go and tell their names, but you know the types that are out there that dominate financial uh, media. Uh, and there was so much coverage of Apple, and you know, here's what the latest iPhone does, and uh, here's uh, you know, what stock market's been uh, whipping around intraday, you know, you know, what Donald Trump's been tweeting about. And there was just nothing. Like, if you wanna find concrete, hard-hitting stuff about what's going on in the economy and how it impacts you. You really need to go and search nowadays. And I'm not going to go and uh, no, offer a solution if it was that easy, how it would have been done many years ago. But uh, certainly trajectory at the moment is really alarming when it comes to uh, economic coverage. And uh, I can, I'm concerned because having done that in the past for quite a number of years, I know that there's plenty of demand out there, but uh, I just don't think it's been catered for at the moment. And the longer we keep down this path, the more episodes we're going to see where financial literacy or illiteracy gets in the way of uh, you know, decision-making processes, and then we end up things like banking royal commissions and the like. Well, we're doing our part here at Ausbiz, I've got to say. Absolutely, um, and, uh, absolutely. Yeah, that's a, to that's, be doing it. That's, 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 that's one of the key messages. Well, like, no, I was attracted to this job in the first place. It's exactly that. Oh, good. We're happy to have you here. Okay. Um, <laughs> woohoo! Woo Let's go into, look, there's a, there's a whole raft of great interviews on the website and also available via the show notes. We spoke with Blackstone Minerals, uh, we spoke with Hub24 CEO, um, but you know, the list, the list is very long. I'd like to go to tomorrow though, because we do have the Reserve Bank Governor Phil Lowe speaking at the City Australia uh, Annual Investment Conference. Like, this is a much anticipated speech. It's funny though, because some people say, well, what else can he say? We've heard from DeBell, we've heard a lot from the RBA, we had the Statement of Monetary Policy yesterday. But you know, when you get reads like that consumer confidence read coming from Westpac today in the wake of the budget, I mean, at the very base level, um, 
I want to hear what he has to say about the Australian economy, where we sit, how we're going, where they see it happening. He's got to be dovish, I know that much, otherwise there'll be some quite severe market ramifications, including the stock market, because if he's not dovish enough, uh, bond market will react, the Aussie dollar will strengthen a lot, and uh, that will go in place, so I know our market under pressure. So there's a lot riding on this speech, a lot of uh, no, inbuilt uh, expectations are already in the price, no, depending on which, uh, which methodology, which market metric you want to look at. No, anywhere between sort of 70 to 80% the market is priced. We'll see uh, a cut to the cash rate uh, and that will probably lead to a, a 15 basis point reduction to the uh, term funding facility to 10 basis points. So it's all up to the other uh, governor to go, and, uh, to go and do his bit, to go and meet those expectations. Um, it's interesting you, met the, uh, you mentioned the Westpac Consumer Confidence reading today. Uh, I'm not gonna take anything away from the headline reading. I might actually write about it tomorrow. But the one thing that struck out to me was that the unemployment expectations index absolutely plummeted. Now that means that people are feeling much more confident about unemployment in the year ahead. That's fantastic, but it fell back to levels that we saw basically at the peak of the mining boom, second phase of the yeah, mining yeah. boom. And sorry folks, that's just not sustainable. So I suspect that uh, a lot of the sticker shock from the budget contributed to this result, but I don't think it's gonna be last, unfortunately. Positive sticker shock, but also, uh, <laughs> Now, this is not scientific, this is not based on data, but I do think that um, Australians are pretty optimistic. And I think that we, we hope collectively, you know, that we've seen the worst of 2020 and it can only be getting better from here. Bloody earth, we're optimistic and yeah. hopefully we can do, but uh, I, uh, I have been watching it for a long time and when you see such a huge move in one direction, yeah. there's uh, undoubtedly gonna be a little it's, bit of meaning. knee jerk, knee jerk, yeah. Okay, um, we've also got the unemployment rate tomorrow at 11.30. We'll be scrambling to read those numbers to put it into context, of course, because there's so many moving parts. Um, what else can we say about it? Well, Bits be, and bobs, I think you said earlier on. I'll be on air, so you'll be able to go and feed the information through the headset and everything ah. else. So uh, you'll be able to go and tell yeah. me what's going on. But Picture, yeah. have you seen that, um, that, that show Net, Network, isn't it? Network with, um, oh my gosh, now I'm forgetting who's, who's even in it. Jane Fonda was in it, and then Jeff Daniels was in it. And they make the newsrooms just look, TV newsrooms just look amazing. She's always feeding stuff into his ear. And I'll have our listeners know that these questions that Scunny and I come up with day in, day out, maybe, um, maybe to, uh, to the detriment are just coming from us. Nobody's feeding us anything in our ears. Yes. Spoiling the magic. I'm not, I'm not sure, yeah. I'm one of the magic outside. Like, when, when things are going <laughs> not so well, as I know it's exactly. playing that show, please, but uh, we, all, we always manage to get there in the end. Okay, so unemployment at 11.30, China inflation 12.30. We've got uh, US jobless claims. It's Thursday, of course, tomorrow, um, coming out through the overnight period. So we are going to be bringing you a deep dive into that uh, Philip Lowe speech. In the wake of it, we'll be speaking with Martin Wetton. He is head of fixed income and uh, FX strategy at this Commonwealth Bank. Always good for a chat with him. We'll be kicking the day off speaking with Digital Wine Ventures. Share price was on a tear today. The CEO, Dean Taylor, will tell us why and uh, where to from here. Importantly, everybody wants to know if the growth can be sustained. So look, um, that's a big day on tomorrow. You and I should probably go have a little bit of a rest up and I look forward to it. Yeah, I think so. We're uh, on the downhill slope into the weekend and uh, I'm already looking forward to, uh, to the last call. Uh, I know the sports guests in particular, a lot of people are going to be excited about. <laughs> That's Friday, Scotty. Hold I know, but I'm, 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 building, I'm building up the speculation. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be a good one. All right. See you tomorrow. See 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 